Hello and welcome to Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro. Let's jump right in. This Thursday was the first round of the NFL Draft. It's still going on as we speak, currently in the fourth round, but we're going to talk about the first four. It was a crazy night on Thursday with round one kicking off. With the first overall pick, the Jaguars took Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, and with the second pick, the Lions took Aiden defensive end and Heisman runner-up Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, which was one of my favorite picks of the night because Aiden Hutchinson was talked about as going first overall to the Jags, but I personally was hoping he would he would land with the Lions because Hutchinson is from Michigan. His dad played for Michigan. He played for Michigan, and now he's staying at home uh, with the Detroit Lions. So I think that's a, a very good piece for them moving forward. But the big story of round one was the Georgia Bulldogs because they made history in the first round not once, but twice. The Georgia Bulldog defense had five players taken in the first round, which is a draft record for a school. With the number one pick, as I just said, was Trayvon Walker. Number 13 was Jordan Davis. Number 22 was Quay Walker. Number 28 was Devontae Wyatt. And number 32 was Lewis Sin. I apologize if I mispronounced that last name. Please correct me. Uh, Five defensive players taken in the first round. That's a draft record. But that's not the only bit of of record-making they had in the first round because Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt were both drafted by the Green Bay Packers, making them the first college teammates to be drafted by the same team in the first round as Green Bay traded up into the first back into the first round with the 28th pick and took they already had 22 they traded back up in to get the 28th pick and took Quay Walker first and then his teammate Devontae Wyatt making making history as the only as the first teammates the first college teammates to be drafted by the same team in the first round it was it, it, it was a busy night for the defending national champions and, the, and it only continues to get busy for them as many of their defensive standouts have been taken so far in the first four rounds and will be playing on Sundays. For Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, though, they will be trading in the red G for the green G, going from the Georgia Bulldogs to the Green Bay Packers. One bit of surprise. Well, first I'll say it was a, it was a chaotic night because there were nine trades in the first round, which is the most in the first round in the modern format of the NFL draft where the first round takes place on night one and then the following rounds take place after that. Um, nine trades in the first round, which for me, my, my day job is working for Fanatics, so we handled a lot of the jerseys that were being made for the draft, and we had been told ahead of time, you know, picks number 32. We had product ready, and but with all those trades, we didn't have we didn't have product uh, for some of them as as some te- as um, both the Jets and I believe the Jets and one other team I can't think of it right now ended up having three first round picks. Uh, we were not prepared for that. It was chaotic. Not only that, but teams were drafting quickly. They knew who they wanted, and they were dra- you usually get five to eight minutes on, on your clock to make a pick, and most teams in the past take that entire time. 
these teams knew who they wanted and were drafting within the first minute, minute and a half of their draft clock. It was a long night for Fanatics employees, but it was a fun night for NFL fans as we saw a lot of of chaos and a few big names changing teams. Uh, former Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown, he did get traded to the Eagles. That that was one of the many trades. A.J. Brown is now with the Eagles, but the person that kept kind of his unhappiness quiet was Ravens wide receiver Hollywood Brown, who, in a somewhat surprising move, was was sent to Arizona. And apparently he knew about this for a few days because minutes after the trade was announced, a photo surfaced of Hollywood Brown at the Arizona Cardinals draft party. So the so the Ravens chose to keep that under wraps that he that they were trading him and he was already in Arizona minutes after the trade was announced. One person that was not a fan of that trade, Lamar Jackson, who throughout the night sent several tweets with crying faces and other other reactions about losing it. Hollywood Brown. Um, this was a very defensive draft as as the quarterback class is not as strong in years past, and we knew that going in. We did know that it was a heavy wide receiver class. In fact, the first five picks of the draft were all defensive um, with the first offensive player coming off the board at six with the Panthers taking Iki Aquanu. And then following that, immediately another offensive tackle with the Giants taking Alabama's Evan Neal. And the first specialty offensive player didn't come off the board until pick eight with Drake London, which is significant because this was a very, very deep wide receiver class. And so Drake London was the first off the board. After another offensive tackle went at pick number nine, Three more wide receivers were taken consecutively. Um, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Jamison Williams all went off the board at 10, 11, and 12 to the Jets, Saints, and Lions, respectively, sparking, officially sparking the, the wide receiver class going off the board as there were a total of six wide receivers taken in the first round. There was only one quarterback taken. And we kind of saw it coming that there would be a max of two. We thought it was going to be Malik Willis and Kenny P- M- Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett, as those were the two names that we heard as possible first round guys. But there was a possibility they'd slip. Um, we heard everything from one of them going number six to the Panthers. That didn't happen to not being drafted in the first round. Um, but the thing I heard most often, and and I'm sure many of you as well was that the Steelers were hoping that Malik Willis would fall to them at 20. So it was a bit of a surprise when, at pick 20, neither quarterback was taken. They were both still on the board. And Pittsburgh, needing a quarterback to fill the shoes of legendary Ben Roethlisberger, took Kenny Pickett. All the talk that I had heard was was how much they loved Malik Willis, um, and I was hoping he'd fall to them, but they instead chose the hometown kid who played his football at Pitt. They chose to keep him at home 
with the Steelers, which judging by his draft reaction was exactly what he wanted because he was crying happy tears with his family upon the announcement that he'd be staying in Pittsburgh and playing his Sunday football with the Steelers. The surprise of the draft to me was the fact that, like I said, that not only that, that the Steelers went with Pickett over Willis, even though Pickett is seen as the most pro-ready guy, he kind of he's also seen as having a low ceiling. So I would love to know their their thinking going into that. Um, but we we thought we'd we'd see Malik Willis come off the board shortly thereafter, but he did not go in the first round. He did not go in the second round, and he fell all the way to the to the late third round being drafted with the 86th overall pick, the 22nd pick of the third round, to the Titans. And he was the third quarterback off the board because earlier in that round, the Falcons had taken Desmond Ritter. So the guy that for a long time was was seen as the first, going to be the first quarterback off the board, ended up being the third quarterback off the board, not going until the late third. It's a bit of an Aaron Rodgers situation, but but a little bit more significant because Aaron Rodgers in the 2005 draft, it was it was him and it was going to be him and Alex Smith. Who was going to be the first pick? Who was going to be the second pick? Alex Smith was the first pick and Aaron Rodgers sat there until the 24th pick. But this was first round quarterback, maybe sneaks into the second round being drafted late third. So I don't know if there was if there was something going on there, um, if he had a bad workout or interview or something that caused teams to wait on him, but I do think that he will end up being the starter in Tennessee because I think Ryan Tannehill is the reason that the Titans have not been able to get over the hump to a Super Bowl the last couple of years despite having one of the best teams in the AFC. So maybe Malik Willis will provide them a Lamar Jackson-like spark um, and get them over the hump. But surprisingly, he fell to the third round. Late third round, went to the Titans. Speaking of quarterbacks, we expected to see some action with some, some NFL names, and we did with A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown, no relation. But we expected to hear Baker Mayfield's name and Debo Samuel's name in trades. Um, as their situations have 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 come to be needing to be resolved via trade, we expected their names to to pop up. They did not, but Baker did lose a potential suitor in the draft. As a few picks after Malik Willis, the Panthers selected Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral um, to go into competition with Sam Darnold, pretty much taking. The Panthers off the board for Baker Mayfield's services, which isn't totally surprising given given Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson's reaction to the possibility of Baker Mayfield in Carolina. If you don't remember from a previous episode, he tweeted no in all capital letters at the possibility of playing with Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield's suitors are coming off the board one by one, and... 
as it seems, because one of the one of the destinations for Malik Willis, if he did not go to the Steelers, which he did not, was Seattle. They did not draft a quarterback. They still have not drafted a quarterback, leading you leading us to believe that they are okay for now with Drew Locke at quarterback. He he was not a throw in pick to the in the Russell Wilson trade. A lot of people are saying that Seattle's going through a rebound a rebuild, but they still have a lot of their good receivers from their playoff days. And they did get Drew Locke and Noah Fant in the trade. And Noah Fant is a really, really good tight end. And Drew Locke, I don't think we've seen the best of Drew Locke yet. So they they signified that they were okay with Drew Locke, probably taking them out of the Baker Mayfield uh, scenario as well. Atlanta is a team that needed a quarterback. They took Desmond Ritter. So a lot of these teams that we thought of as possibilities for Baker Mayfield are going away. Um, and the other name we expected to hear but did not was Debo Samuel, who as of right now is still a 49er. Um, but I personally would like to see Debo go to Green Bay because the biggest need for Green Bay in the draft, or in general, after the trade of Devontae Adams, was a big body wide receiver. And they did not take one in the first round, despite having two picks. They Trading back in, we thought maybe they would take one. They did not, um, which wasn't a total surprise because the Packers are known for finding diamonds in the rough in the later rounds of the draft at wide receiver. Devontae Adams was not a, a first-round first wide receiver. So, so the narrative that night was, oh, you know, uh, they, they're they not going to find a Devontae in this draft. They're not going to find a Devontae in the draft, so they might as well wait. But Devontae wasn't Devontae in the draft. They took him in the second round out of Fresno State and thought he'd be good. That's why they took him in the second round. But, like, it wasn't, it wasn't oh, this guy's going to be the guy in the draft. Cut to a number of years later, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. So they did end up going with a big body wide receiver out of North Dakota State in the second round. Um, so they did get a big target for Aaron in the second round. They they went defense in the first round, hoping to hold him up. Uh, Christian Watson out of out of North Dakota State with with the thirty fourth pick, the second pick of the second round was where. Green Bay got their receiver. We'll see how he fits in with the Packers, but I would love to see Debo um, go there now that they have drafted a wide receiver. I would have said that the the situation in Green Bay, had if Debo goes there, wouldn't be much different than Devontae where it's one really good wide receiver and no one else. But now that they have Watson – as a as a big target, maybe it would maybe it would work out a little better. I'd like to. See, I think it would be cool to see Debo go to Green Bay. As we know, Green Bay is willing to pay money to wide receivers because they were trying to work it out with Devontae, so Debo can get his money that way if that's what he wants. Um, so I so even though we haven't heard either name in the draft as far as trades so far, all eyes will be on them to see how their current situations with Cleveland and San Francisco respectively, get resolved. All right, shifting gears to an NBA playoffs update. The Nets were swept by the Celtics. Nothing went right for the Celtic, for, for the Nets. And what I don't like, and, and, and I'll commend 
Kevin Durant for jumping to his defense is a trend that we see a lot in the NBA is a bunch of star players get together. It doesn't work. The chemistry isn't right. It doesn't mesh. And the person that gets the blame is the head coach. This is Steve Nash's second year with the Nets. Uh, they made, they've made the playoffs both years. But being swept out of the first round, um, Steve Nash is now on the hot seat. But let's think about what happened with the Nets this year. Injuries. Trades. Dysfunction. Players not wanting to be there. Players after trades, Ben Simmons, not really being ready to play. Vaccine issues keeping Kyrie out for most of the year. Like, And they still made the playoffs. They still, Boston didn't blow them up. It was a competitive series, but it didn't go right. And now Steve Nash is on the hot seat. Kevin Durant jumped to his defense and was like, look, you see how much he had to deal, had to deal with. Why are we throwing his name in there? Give the man time with this new team that he has. And I think Kevin hit on something that's a problem in, in the NBA where if players don't work out, if, if these players team up, play with their buddies, and it doesn't work out, the, the coach gets the, gets the blame. We saw that with Frank Vogel, who's a very good coach, uh, took, took the Pacers back in the day to the conference finals. Um, very good coach. The, the Lakers disaster that was this season with LeBron and AD and Russell Westbrook. Frank Vogel gets to be the scapegoat there. Loses his job because LeBron James played GM poorly, and now the coach is out is out to pasture. I think it's safe to say Russell Westbrook would not be back, will not be back as he has scrubbed all presence of the Lakers from his social media. So the Nets are out. The Philadelphia 76ers, despite a little bit of a scare from the Raptors, move on to the second round, but they will be doing so for the foreseeable future without MVP candidate Joel Embiid, as he apparently suffered an orbital fracture and a mild concussion in the Game 6 win against the Raptors, so they will be without him indefinitely as they head to the second round to play Miami, I believe, which is not good news for Philadelphia. As, you know, we've heard Doc Rivers' name um, a little bit on the hot seat. He very nearly collapsed against Toronto, which would not have been the first time that he blew a playoff lead. But they survived, and they're advancing to Miami. Um, but I don't like their chances without Embiid, because while Maxi played played pretty well in the series James Harden did not until their game 6 win he did not play he did not look like James Harden until game 6 so if Embiid is going to miss the series or possibly the playoffs they're going to need James Harden to be Houston Rockets James Harden and and put the team on his back although I don't see that happening against a very tough and very deep Miami team and the Grizzlies finished off Minnesota to move on to the next round, I want to take a minute to admit that I was wrong about Minnesota. While I still don't agree with the way they celebrated their play-in game, they fought Memphis hard. Every game was close, with the exception of the 26-point comeback game, but Minnesota had big leads in that game, so that tells you how, how tough it was for Memphis. John Morant had some not-so-good games in the series, Minnesota fought hard. 
very nearly forced a game seven. I want to give them credit. Admit that I was wrong about Minnesota. If, if if they continue to grow in the direction they're going, they're going to be a very, very good team in the future. I want to take these last few minutes and take a look back at something that I was reminded of yesterday because this is something that I've mentioned a few uh, for the last couple of episodes, and I don't want to harp on this topic every week. Trust me, I will not talk about it every week. But in the for the past few episodes, we've talked about the unwritten rules of baseball and how... There's certain things you don't do. There's certain things that are are seen as as tacky or things that that you try to stay away from. One of these unwritten rules is if you're up by a lot or you're down by a lot, you kind of you kind of take it easy. You kind of you're kind of expected to not mail it in, but you know, with the trouble with Tatis was swinging 3-0 at a middle-middle fastball when his team was up by a lot to hit a grand slam, blah, 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 blah. And how, so one of the unwritten rules is kind of to take it, take it a little easy when the game is out of reach. But let's look at a time when that didn't happen and it ended up being a good thing. This, this popped up on, on social media yesterday and I felt it was a good time to talk about it because of what we've talked about the last couple of weeks. June 2nd, 2016. Go back in the sports time sh- time machine with me, if you will. The Seattle Mariners were playing in San Diego against San Diego Padres and found themselves down 12-2 to after five innings. Now, some of the unwritten rules of baseball would tell you Maybe that score stays right there and everybody goes home. The Mariners didn't get the memo. It was 12-2 to after 5. The Mariners scored 5 runs in the 6th and 9 in the 7th. Ended up winning the game 16-13 to over the San Diego Padres. The largest comeback in franchise history. The largest comeback in the history of Petco Park in San Diego. All because the Mariners kept competing. And that's what you're supposed to do. The Mariners kept competing, scored 14 runs in two innings, and went from 12 to losing 12 to two after five to winning the game 16 to 13. So never stop competing. I don't care what the unwritten rules about competition. Like I said, there are some unwritten rules that you do not touch. You do not talk to. Uh, you do not talk to or mention. Uh, you know, hitter. You don't talk to a pitcher that's throwing one. No hitters. You don't do that. You don't uh, throw at people unless it's warranted. Uh, those things stay put. The competitive ones, the ones that deal with swinging at pitches or scoring runs, throw those out right now. And this is why. Because if Seattle and San Diego had thrown them out, we would not have gotten one of the greatest comebacks the sport has ever seen. And just because I'm a little bit of a, of a baseball nerd, I want to mention that the MLB the past several years has been engrossed by the home run ball. That until recently, the it was rumored that the, that the balls that the MLB used were juiced to produce more home runs. Uh, 
we see averages dip even though home run numbers are going up because because players would rather hit home runs than get on base. Uh, I've said before, getting on base, at least by the league's standards, is not sexy anymore. I disagree with that. I love I love a player who hits 300. Um, several years ago, and this is going to sound funny now considering what he did for the Braves last year, but there was, I think it was 2018, 2018 or 2019, the Braves had a choice between re-signing Nick Markakis and signing Jock Peterson. And I was very vocal about my desire to have it be Markakis and not Peterson because at the time Markakis was a 300 hitter who might give you 12, 13 home runs a year, but he gets on base. And Jock Peterson was was a 240 hitter who hit 40 home runs but struck out 200 times. And I, I will, I was, and will always remain on the on the side of the fence of give me a guy that hits 300 over a guy that hits 40 bombs with a 250 average. Um, that being said, I am I will be forever thankful to Jock Peterson for his performance last season uh, with the Braves uh, to to lead us to a World Series champion title, which is which is why I now have this hat. Um, this gold program hat that will forever enshrine the champions as well as this hoodie. That being said, I'm still in the camp of average over home runs. And in this giant comeback by the Mariners, where they scored 14 runs in two innings and and had this massive comeback, only one home run was hit during those two innings. The Mariners hit two in the game, but one of them was in the fourth to to make the game twelve to two. Um, so in the fourteen run two inning outburst, there was only one home run. The rest were walks and singles and doubles and base hits. They they played small ball to mount the largest comeback in franchise history. So that makes me very very happy. Small ball is still cool, kids. That is all I have for you. This has been Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro. There may not be an episode next week as um, I have a busy schedule and, and, and may not have a chance to do it. So there may not be an episode next week. So if I don't see you next week, see you, see you on the next episode. Uh, once again, this, is, this has been Empire Sports Talk. I'm your host, Roman Gennaro. See you next time.